Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your hands. Let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work Ram Zone. I hope you're never the same. We have the privilege today for a longtime radio guy to be on the show, and this connection was made by a mutual friend of ours, Steve Krumloff. I'd like to welcome Don Hawkins with the Worship Channel Network to I Work For Him. Don, welcome. Thank you, Jim. It's a delight to be with you today. Looking forward to our time together. Now, I did find your bio in between the three minutes we have when we were talking before the show. So Don Hawkins was rec- has recently served as the ninth president of Southeastern Bible College. But you're, you've retired from that now, haven't you? I've stepped down from that. Uh, I prefer not to use the term retired, Jim. I <laughs> uh, actually don't feel that uh, God wanted me to retire, uh, but God wanted to uh, make a difference and shift things uh, to a different mode in my life. So we stepped down as president of Southeastern, and Kathy and I relocated to Dallas, intending to restart our own live call-in program, which I did for 21 years. It was called Life Perspectives, and uh, I had a couple of partners out here we intended to do that with. And in the meantime, God had other plans. He opened the door for this worship channel, and it's been an incredible thing to see God directing us every step of the way. Well, and that's fantastic. I love that. The, the, and I, the retired, what I meant was, okay, you were done at Southeastern Bible College in Birmingham, no, no, no. Alabama. You were, you were 
exactly right. right. We stepped down there, and it was appropriate. It was the right time. Uh, but I felt like God had other things for us to do. Uh, one of my commitments in life is to finish well and to finish strong and, and just use the gifts that God has given us uh, and uh, for me to be of service to him and to others. Well, as no stranger to the radio, how many years were you with Back to the Bible? I was with Back to the Bible for eight years. I was co-host and producer and uh, was there from 1993 to 2001. And that's when uh, God led us to Birmingham uh, for me to become president of Southeastern Bible College, which, by the way, is my alma mater and my wife Kathy's alma mater as well. So it was a privilege to go back there. Back to the Bible has been a neat ministry, and I've actually heard from people in other parts of the world uh, who are part of the Back to the Bible team who are now listening to the worship channel. Well, and so before we get to that, I really want to hear, and you have three grown children and 12 grandchildren. Any great-grandchildren on the way yet? We actually have a half dozen great-grandchildren, Wow! and four of them were over for Halloween. We had a great time taking pictures of their costumes and having fun with them. And some Sundays, we have as many as four generations uh, in worship together, which is a lot of fun. What a huge privilege that is. The bio I found, <laughs> it missed those six great-grandchildren, so sorry about that. <laughs> I, I was scrambling, so but thanks so much to Jose. got all that stuff for me. So we just have a few minutes, a few seconds before the first break. Just start talking about how Jesus... Jesus Christ is making an impact on your life today. Yeah, first of all, I came to Christ, Jim, at the age of seven, realized I was a sinner, needed to trust Christ, and uh, just as your listeners can do uh, at whatever age, whatever walk of life, I came to the most meaningful relationship of forgiveness and peace and everlasting life. And since then, God has guided every step. He directed me to Southeastern Bible College as a student. I met my wife, Kathy. Uh, He's given us the privilege of serving him in a variety of ministries, including 20 years in the pastorate, uh, serving at the Minerith Meyer Clinic and starting the radio program with Moody, uh, then doing Life Perspectives, uh, live call-in for 21 years, working at Back to the Bible, and then at Southeastern Bible College, then moving us here to Texas. I believe my primary gift's in the area of encouragement, and it's been neat to be able to encourage others and uh, encourage them to make a difference for Christ as well. Don, how did you get your first start in radio? Well, my first start in radio was when I was in seminary, Jim. Uh, I actually went to work for a 250-watt, what we called a clear channel AM station. It was clear channel to the county line, if you know what I mean. It was a very small facility, and uh, I worked there for a while. Then went to work for CBS O&O here in Dallas, KRLD, and uh, did that part-time. Then uh, wound up managing a station in Kansas City that was uh, part of Calvary Bible College. And following that, uh, worked with Moody Broadcasting to start uh, the Benrith Meyer Clinic uh, live call-in program and hosted that for a number of years, then wound up uh, hosting Back to the Bible, co-host and producer. I do need to clarify one thing. I am actually not the founder of the Worship Channel. That honor goes to Mark Moore, who is a gifted brother and also a good friend of Steve Krumloff's. And uh, Mark had the vision and started it. He was the Apostle Paul. My role is that of Apollos. I'm watering, and we're thankful that God's giving the increase. Well, and I read that wrong, and I apologize. I, I, I had I had underlined founder of the Worship Channel, and then I saw Mark's name right next to it. I just was seeing if you'd be honest, because this is a show about, you know, the integrity in the workplace. Yeah, so very important, to, yes. Yeah, I really wanted to see if you would just, you know, pull that out, so I really appreciate you doing that. It was a test, really was. <laughs> 
Or maybe not, but, you know, anyway. So well, it worked well, anyway. No that, that, that's good. So you, we were connected by Steve Krumloff, a, a mutual friend of both of ours. Steve is a friend of my father-in-law's for years and years and years out of Minneapolis, connected with KTIS. How did you get to know Steve? Steve is a dear brother, and Mark is the one who introduced me to Steve. Uh, Steve actually did some voiceover work for Mark, and his voice is heard on the uh, legal IDs, uh, which we run at the top and bottom of every hour, and also some of the liners on the Worship Channel. And I appreciate very much his role in working with us. Uh, the Worship Channel is Internet radio, and uh, it's a cutting-edge tool that actually can be heard all around the world. Uh, unlike satellite radio, you don't have to pay a subscription fee to listen. Uh, all you have to do is log on to theworshipchannel.org, or you can download the free app from the iTunes store from uh, for iPhone or for Android. Uh, and here's the amazing thing, Jim, about the Worship Channel. During our first three months, we had actual responses from 48 of the 50 states and from 65 foreign countries, including places like Mongolia, uh, Kenya, um, China, uh, the Russian Republic, uh, and Lebanon, and some other places, some of which would be very difficult uh, to get into for a missionary. So how did you actually grow an audience that fast all across, I mean, 48 out of 50 states, 65 foreign countries? I mean, I've gotten some hits on my podcast in many, many places, but that's pretty fast growth. How did you guys do that? Well, really, I attribute that to God because, uh, you know, we put the word out with some uh, ministry partners. Uh, Dallas Seminary uh, sent word to all their alumni. We had some friends uh, who were actually going into China and Mongolia who took the word into there. I have some other missionary friends in Africa, uh, some friends in the Middle East, some friends in Israel who helped put the word out. Uh, so a lot of it is networking, humanly speaking, but ultimately it's God. Now, to be candid, and again, uh, you're all about truth in, in broadcasting and advertising. Our audience is broad, but still not as large as we would like it to be. And one of the things that I'm encouraging people to do is to network with and communicate with their overseas connections or their connections here in the States and let them know about the Worship Channel and how easy it is to tune in, how they'll enjoy the inspirational oldies music format, uh, the great teaching programs like uh, David Jeremiah's uh, program uh, and uh, Alistair Begg and uh, Adrian Rogers, or not Adrian Rogers, I'm sorry, Charles Stanley, some other folks as well that we have on as Bible teachers, some of the features as well. Uh, a lot to encourage and build up believers uh, as well as an evangelistic message uh, periodically on the worship channel. So why did you... Why why, why did Mark launch it, and what is, I mean, what is your hopes for what, what its impact will be? Yeah, I really see three purposes uh, for the Worship Channel, and I think these go back to, uh, to Mark and his vision to strengthen uh, the local church and believers, and I believe particularly to encourage believers. Uh, you know, years ago, Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A, was speaking on our campus at Southeastern Bible College, and he explained a test that he said they had developed at Chick-fil-A uh, to see if you need encouragement. And he had a lady come up on the platform and had her take a mirror out of her purse and hold it up to her mouth and nose, and he said, if there's evidence that she's breathing, she needs encouragement. And uh, I thought <laughs> I that was that. really humorous. Yeah. <laughs> but the bottom 
bottom line is every single living human being needs encouragement. So we want to encourage Christians, especially persecuted Christians in parts of the world, including our country, where Christians are under persecution. I also want to evangelize where missionaries can't go. And we have the privilege, and I've intentionally recorded some evangelistic spots explaining the gospel, and uh, we're running those regularly. We want people to come to know Christ. And thirdly, we want to provide a link between foreign missionaries and home. You know, when uh, you're a foreign missionary, and I think of uh, some graduates of our college who are serving in Turkey right now, and uh, they listen to the worship channel, and it gives gives them a link uh, to home. I think of some friends in Kenya who are able to listen in. Uh, some of these uh, people that are in other places, it gives them that link. Indonesia, for example, uh, they have a link with the United States and with back home because they can listen in, and it's like listening to a local radio station in the United States, a Christian radio station. That's just such a great vision, uh, and I love that. I love that last point: connecting foreign missionaries to home, because they, you know, most people don't understand how hard it is for our local folks here to go across the world and to minister. Because it, people they don't realize what it means to give up everything, because they yeah. give up everything, mm-hmm. including the ability once their kids grow up, most of them move back to the states. They don't stay in the field, so they give up everything, including family and access to family. It's it's a tough deal. I got missionary friends across the globe, and I know that there are times when they just want to give up and come home. Yeah, no question about it, Jim. And and I know it'll be great for your missionary friends to hear about the Worship Channel. And, and there may be others who are listening to your program today, to I Work For Him, uh, who could say, you know, I have missionaries who are serving in uh, some country, and, and I'm going to send out word to them. We've had several mission entities. Uh, we met with three partners last week, and, and they're going to work with us on some strategic things to get into Syria, Afghanistan, and Iraq. Uh, to enhance our presence in those countries. And I would ask uh, folks to pray for us with the Worship Channel uh, that we'd be able to get the message in in an unhindered way. No, I love that. And and I I want to help do that, too. And we'll make sure we post it all over Facebook tonight. And everybody that uh, is connected to the show will hear all about it, and they'll have the link to your website and understand what you guys are all about. Talk to me. About, go, ahead, go ahead. You look like you were going to say something. No, I, that was it. I, you go ahead with your question. Well, my, my question is, talk to me about, now you've been in all these different spots of radio and now a leader, you know, a lot of years as a leader, a president of Southeastern Bible College. Your business background, because I read one of your books, I didn't read the one we're going to give away today, but I read one of your books called Overworked, which has got a fantastic perspective on successfully managing stress in the workplace. Where did you get all that business knowledge? Is it just from the, the different... Talk to me about it. Where did you get all that business knowledge? Yeah, I've actually had a variety of experiences, and it's sort of interesting how uh, the Lord directed me over the years here, Jim. I started off in the pastorate after college, had 20 years there, uh, wound up as a senior pastor of a multi-staff member church, uh, and also served as manager of a radio station, a Christian radio station in Kansas City. Uh, Then I became the chief operating officer for the Minerith Meyer Clinic, uh, and actually not only hosted their radio program, but oversaw the growth of the clinic and worked with the branch clinics and and, uh, was 
was in a very much a business role as well as a ministry role there. I was also a department chair in an academic setting at, at Calvary Bible College and was president of Southeastern Bible College uh, for 13 years. So I was in a CEO role there. So God has really given me a variety of experience. I, the first thing I would say to you is I don't know it all. I do not have all the answers when it comes to either stress or the workplace. I like to tell people I've written two books on burnout, and I burned out both times. So I have <laughs> some experience on burnout and stress. I get and, that. And uh, uh, some things from studying Scripture that I've been able to uh, integrate into some of the things that I've learned and, and to govern what I've learned about these other areas. We're talking today with Don Hawkins. Don comes to us with a variety of business experience, 20 years in the pastorate, a manager of a Christian radio station, a COO of a clinic, a president of a Christian college, and now he's the president of an online radio network called The Worship Channel. Don, this business experience that God has given you is astounding. And, and really, probably, the, which, one, which one of those jobs was the most difficult to manage people in? Oh, that's a great question, and to tell you the truth, Jim, it's hard to answer because each one had its own unique challenges. And uh, the thing that I really felt like in each place was the importance of, of building a team. Uh, teamwork is so crucial, and uh, I, I think in any kind of a leadership role when we're in business, we have to value people. Uh, years ago, I remember uh, one of my colleagues uh, gave me a little plaque, a little handwritten plaque that said, people are more important than projects. And that's been a very important lesson for me. And I think in each of the places where I was, it really came down to building relationships with people, uh, leading as a servant leader, leading with love, and making uh, that a priority uh, in my relationships with those I worked with. I love that building a team. I actually, that's a, that's a focus I've got right now on my blogs out to my customers and all of our business, Christian Business Roundtable discussion group, which we call Business His Way here in Tampa Bay. And the topic this week is hiring a staff versus building a team and the mm, difference great, because, yeah. because that is something I see small business owners really struggling with and Christian small business owners really struggling with because so many people don't know how to hire people and they just like well I need I need a warm body like you just said they could fog a mirror in this spot but that's not how you build a team no. and and once you've hired somebody a lot of people are like okay here's your job I'll talk to you in a week I mean, because what you found out in church and in, in being a president of a Christian college and, and running a clinic and being a, a manager of a Christian radio station, you have to invest in people in order to bring the best out of them. But it takes time to do those things. And, you know, many times I, I think uh, we feel unprepared or unable to handle the people aspects, Jim. I think of some people I know uh, who are in leadership roles whose philosophy is to sit behind a desk in a corner office and fire off emails and memos and, and occasionally hold meetings to uh, sort of dress people down for their lack of performance. And if we're not valuing people in building uh, teamwork, uh, we are not getting anything done. It's so critical that we do that. Uh, and uh, I think when, when we invest in people, they become loyal to us, they become loyal to the mission of our entity. And that's another thing I think is critical, is making sure that everybody understands what is the mission of this organization. Uh, I know occasionally people would roll their eyes at Southeastern Bible College when I would say the mission of Southeastern Bible College is to produce graduates who are uh, biblically grounded, spiritually mature, and culturally relevant. Uh, but, you know, it's interesting, before long, everybody was able not only to 
say that, but people embraced that, and it became literally a part of the fabric of what we did every day. Well, and that's exactly the kind of college that I would want to be advertising on my show because it is, we want people to not, I mean, it's great to get a Bible degree. But not everybody takes a Bible degree and goes in as a pastor. They, they, right. they take these degrees, they go into business, they go into science, and to be able to understand how to apply your faith to your workplace, understand how everything is biblically relevant, but for us to be able to make Christ culturally relevant without adapting to the culture, but to show how Jesus is really the answer to, to every question that people are asking. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. And I think really it comes back down to uh, when we build those relationships with the people, when we invest the time and energy in their lives, we pray for them on a regular basis. Uh, I love the emphasis that you have uh, with your team as a part of the IWorkForHim.com uh, of uh, praying for the people in your workplace. And I want to encourage your listeners, uh, if they've not already done so, uh, to join that initiative with you and commit themselves, especially those of you in management, those of you in leadership, those of you who are CEOs or COOs or CFOs, uh, to invest yourself in doing that. It, it's a critical thing to do. It, it is so powerful. And what I, what I say almost every day in the air is that the, the prayer changes things, but the best thing that it changes is our own hearts towards our yes. people. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say pray for your coworkers and employees, because not everybody's a manager that's out there listening to this, but a lot of people are working alongside people, and it changes our hearts towards people that maybe we're a little irritated with. I don't know. You've had a lot of jobs with the, some big organizations. You ever had anybody irritate you at work? Oh, absolutely. In fact, that happens uh, to all of us quite frequently. Uh, You've heard the old saying, it's hard to soar like an eagle when you work with turkeys. And uh, sometimes we get the feeling that people who work with us feel like they're working with turkeys. And uh, the irritations can come in. One of the big factors, and later we'll probably touch on this, uh, is forgiveness in the workplace uh, as one of the ways to relieve stress, uh, to forgive those that we perceive as having wronged us or irritated us, and then to be willing to ask forgiveness of those that we may have wounded or wronged. Uh, I think uh, all of that relational aspect is important. Another saying, Jim, and I'm sure you've heard, uh, people don't care how much we know until they know how much we care. And that is so true. And that's why I encourage people to pray for their coworkers and employees, because it's, and then the next step in the I Work for Him Nation Challenge is then to start looking for ways to serve people in the workplace and look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace so they get to know who you really are, but looking for ways to pray with them when they're down, but all along being a person of excellence in your workplace so that people know they can look at you and go, there's something wrong with you. You work you work better than anybody else. Your attitude's always good. What's wrong with you? Why are you always so happy? You want to have those opportunities. So as a leader of a church, as a leader of a Bible college, I mean, those are challenging environments because you're dealing with a lot of volunteers. You're dealing with a lot of Christians who that sometimes makes it even more difficult because you're expecting great attitudes and sometimes you're not getting the great attitudes. What was your, what was just one key in building a team versus just hiring a staff? Yeah, I think for me, in terms of team building, uh, it was looking for somebody uh, who actually exhibited both uh, good character 
and loyalty. I found that those factors are very important. Uh, my good friend, the late Dr. Frank Minrith, the Christian psychiatrist I worked with at the Minrith Meyer Clinic, who went to be with the Lord last January, uh, had a saying that he felt that loyalty uh, actually trumped uh, skill and experience. And uh, loyalty and integrity to me were very important. So when I look for people, I want to look for the, the integrity, I want to look for the loyalty, and, uh, and then people who are willing to learn, people who are teachable. Uh, you know, if we have a teachable spirit, it's amazing how much we can progress and grow. When we think we have all the answers, frequently we don't even know all the questions. And, uh, you know, that kind of person can actually uh, really undermine the chemistry in a workplace. You know, you've written this book, Overworked, which we, I read it a couple of months, well, not about, about four or five weeks ago. Yeah. And and what I loved about it, it was it was just all about stress in a workplace. Not not that we, well, I mean, there's so many great points in there, and we're never going to hit them all before we get to the end of the show today. But why did you write a book about stress? Yeah, that's a great question. Number one, because I'd experienced a lot of stress in the workplace. Number two, because I'd seen a lot of other people experiencing it. And by the way, let me just mention, uh, Jim, that uh, though we don't have a copy of it to give away because it's out of print, there are some random copies of overworked that people might find uh, on Amazon or eBay. And so if they want to just uh, go to the, one of those sites and enter the word overworked and, and put in Don Hawkins as the author, they may be able to track a copy down. Now, we're going to give away a copy of Never Give Up, my book on perseverance, a little later. But I just want to mention, uh, before I forgot it, that uh, people might be able to track a copy of Overworked down that way. But again, uh, my passion uh, in writing this book was really to provide insight and encouragement from a distinctively biblical perspective, a Christian perspective, to help people cope with the problems of excess stress in the workplace. And a part of that relates to the issue of downsizing. We're having a fast-moving conversation with Don Hawkins. He's with the Worship Channel online and, and really has been in so many great places just moved on from being the president of Southeastern Bible College in Birmingham, Alabama. And Don, the move to the worship channel, you moved over there just to do your show. You didn't move over there to run the place, but then the Lord moved very quickly to put you in charge. How did that happen? Oh, it's an interesting thing how that worked out, Jim. Uh, our plan was simply to host uh, a live call-in program to get that established and to be closer to grandchildren and great-grandchildren and their parents. And then God opened this door and through conversations with Mark Moore, and uh, my wife embraced it. My board agreed to it. And most of all, as I prayed about it, God gave us peace. God provided an engineer, and uh, Keith Mayo is doing a phenomenal job as chief, engin chief engineer for the Worship Channel. And uh, we're so thankful for this opportunity uh, that we have to, uh, to move into this and to have a part uh, in reaching out to people literally not only in the States but all over the world with the gospel of Christ and uh, encouraging and edifying words and music. I love that. They can find out more online at the Worship Channel. Dot O-R-G, the worship channel dot O-R-G. Hey, it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by MTL Magazine. Our friends at mtlmagazine.com have worked hard to put together an amazing magazine and a website that helps us grow in our faith as they highlight authors, artists, books, movies, and so much more. MTL Magazines represents more to life. And our friends at MTL Magazine believe that there is a Christian product that will help you get more out of your life in Christ. Whether you're looking for resources about our faith, family, relationships, money, health, 
and so much more, MTL Magazine is an excellent resource for you and for me. I know you're going to love it. You'll find out more online at mtlmagazine.com. Our book today is Never Give Up, written by Don Hawkins. Don, talk to me about this book and how and what inspired you to write it. Well, there are so many people today, Jim, and especially people who've encountered stress in the workplace who feel like giving up. And uh, one of the things that's caused a lot of people to feel that way, and I was about to mention that when you came on the break that you needed to take, and I certainly appreciate the the need for that. Uh, but so many people today have experienced downsizing. And let me explain how this works. Let's say you have five people in the workplace, and uh, in their work team, uh, they have 500%. Everybody Everybody's doing 100%. All of a sudden, management decides we need to lay two people off because of the economy or because of the, uh, the, the uh, economic factors or whatever. Three people are left to do the work of five. Uh, I did the math on that. And it adds up to 166% each. And, uh, Jim, you know what that does. That leads people to stress, to burnout, and literally to feelings of giving up. And one of the reasons I wrote Never Give Up uh, was to tie into people who felt discouraged about work, discouraged about their marriage, discouraged about relationships, discouraged about uh, their economy economic situation, their health circumstance, and to encourage them to persevere in their walk with the Lord. All right, so this book that I got to read, Overworked, I loved about, I learned some things about stress that I never, ever had learned before, and one was that there's two types of stress. Yeah, there's good stress and there's bad stress, and a lot of people are not aware of that fact. They just think all stress is bad. But frankly, if there were not good stress, Jim, you and I would probably not have gotten up and gone to work today. We might have stayed in the bed all day. We might have uh, not gone into work. We might have taken off and just uh, – uh, the, the person who originally came up with this combination uh, is a man by the name of Hans Selye. Uh, he wrote a book called The Stress of Life. And in it, he noted that there's a positive kind of stress that leads to happiness or fulfillment. He called that eustress or good stress. And then ex, uh, distress uh, is an excessive level of ongoing or damaging stress. Uh, and that's the kind of thing that can happen as a result of uh, a major event like the death of a spouse, a divorce, uh, being laid off or fired from a job can even happen because of a minor event, uh, maybe an unbalanced checking account where we are uh, bouncing checks or losing our car keys or, uh, you know, having uh, a minor accident. All of those kinds of events are stressful. And, again, it may be hand having uh, handed one more project at work that's sort of the straw that breaks the camel's back. Now, Jim, I'm sure that's never happened to you, but I have a feeling that uh, maybe some of your listeners uh, have been there and experienced that kind of bad stress. I'm usually out there just looking for the straw pieces so I can throw them on my back because you know, <laughs> I never have enough. I, I am one of those guys that loves to pick up messes and clean them up, and so I am a I am a fast-moving guy, and I and I love it. But there is no question that there are days. Certainly as I've reached middle age that my stress level is like, yeah, I can't take any more. 13-hour days are just about enough as I could take. Uh, and it's and in starting doing a radio ministry like this, which is awesome, but you also have to have a job. And so it to right. balance that stress between there, but it's, it's fun. But what I loved is how you, how you took, you said that there's always been stress in the workplace, that Adam had stress in his workplace, even before the fall. 
Yeah, absolutely. Work and, and, and the stress of work and overseeing the Garden of Eden, naming all the animals. Can you imagine the intellectual energy it took for Adam to give names to all the animals? I mean, that's incredible just to think about. Uh, now, after the fall, obviously, there was a lot more, you know, because then he was given the manual labor work by the sweat of your brow, and uh, there was conflict between Adam and Eve, and, uh, you know, their first kid turned out to murder their second kid, and, uh, you know, suddenly things really became stressful. And, uh, of course, today we don't have stress anymore because we're in the 21st century. Well, that's right? what I was going to say. You know, for you know, for most of our existence as human beings, we've had manual labor. That was the deal. And, and that was manual labor helped us manage our stress because if we're really stressed, the best thing you can do is get out there and exercise yeah. instead mm -hmm. of eating, yep. which most of us now, it, when technology came into place, really in the late 1800s, things started getting automated and some really cool stuff goes on and we get cars and all this electricity and the light bulb and all this great stuff. And it was supposed to technology. I remember in elementary school, they talked about how computers were going to save us so much time. We were, I mean, like we would, we're going to struggle with how are, what are we going to do? We have, I mean, it's going to take everything we do in a day and we're going to get it done in 15 hours. What are we going to do with the rest of our days? <laughs> I, I, and, but, yeah. but that was a little bit, you know, now what, what's amazing. And, 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 and you remember those times you were a little bit further ahead than me, but maybe you were in high school or in college when you heard those same things. And, and the deal is it hasn't, it, it's been totally the opposite. Technology's come on and we work twice as hard as we ever did and get twice as much done as we ever did. And the stress is five times heavier because of technology. And, Jim, part of that is that we're just on call 24-7. I just was reading an article the other day about how people with smartphones are unwilling to turn them off. They sleep next to them. They leave them turned on. Uh, we have smartphones. We have tablets. We have the Internet. We have Facebook and Twitter. And uh, we wind up literally uh, being tethered to our work. And, and many of the people uh, who were quoted in this survey talked about the fact that their bosses really expected them, even though they weren't being paid to work 24-7, they were expected to be on call. And I know probably a lot of people who listen to I Work For Him are in that same kind of situation. Well, the smartphone is absolutely the largest handcuff ball and chain anybody's ever developed. And it is, oh, and yeah. it's amazing. And it's so addictive. Hey, I'd like to thank Benny and Darian for calling in from Tampa and winning two copies of the books. We gave away two copies, Don, because both the phones are ringing off the hook. All right. So, but yes, the smartphone's ridiculous. And it has... It it just it was the final i don't know the the, the final battle they, the the technology won the battle it has taken over our lives we cannot get away from it and if you've got verizon your phone works in every part of this country there's no way to get away from it because i've traveled across the country and you can't get away from it get a phone get a phone service that's not like verizon all right so but you've worked in christian environments you worked 20 years in a church you worked how many years did you were you at a southeastern I was in Southeastern for 13 years. All right, so 33 years, years. 33 years in a Christian work environment. Those are a lot less stressful, aren't they? Yeah, and actually I worked seven more years at Back to the Bible. Okay, so. And then I worked uh, about three years at, or four years at Rafa. So I really had a lot of years. And to be frank about it, to be candid, uh, the Christian environment can be just as stressful and in some ways perhaps even more stressful, partially because of the expectations. You know, sometimes people come uh, to work with the attitude that uh, because I'm working or going to work in a Christian environment, there won't be stress. But 
you know, Jim, we live in a fallen world, and the people we live with are fallen people. Uh, that's true in a Christian marriage, and I think the uh, thing that you and your wife are doing to give couples a chance to get away for your uh, your cruise that's coming up in January is a phenomenal opportunity for people to rebuild some stressful things in their marriage. But to be real candid about it, I think a lot of people get stressed out in the workplace. I know uh, we do a thing for people in ministry called Stress-Proofing Your Life in Ministry. Uh, it's a seminar that I do for pastors and for people in vocational ministry, missionaries. And uh, quite frankly, uh, they are really stressed out. Uh, part of the reason is job security is an issue. Um, you know, I go back to 1988. Over 2,100 pastors were dismissed by their churches during the previous 18 months, a survey that was taken by the Southern Baptist Sunday School Board. And there have been a lot of surveys ever since then. And I think of probably a half dozen people whose names I could call right now, who just in the last six months have been downsized. And, again, those are from Christian ministry organizations. So, so we Jim, get quite people... frankly, uh, even working in a Christian environment, there's a lot of stress. We've got to give some people some positive stuff. I mean, the good news is, yes, stress has its impact on us. It can kill us, give us a heart attack, heart disease, yes. cause us to be really ridiculously obese because we never stop being stressed. But the good news is the Bible talks— a lot about managing our stress. What is it? Give me something positive from the scriptures. Oh, absolutely. I think there's so many things that we can do to begin to to manage our stress, to relieve our stress. And and obviously, one of the first things that we need to do is to take that stress to the Lord. Uh, you know, Scripture says in Philippians four to be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Another thing I think is very important is for us to recognize the value of other people uh, and uh, to make sure that we're building relationships both in the workplace and outside. Solomon said in Proverbs 27, 17, as iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens the countenance of his friend. So I think the reality is there are a lot of things that, that we can begin to do, steps that we can take uh, in terms of of getting along, learning to communicate with people is very important, uh, recognizing the importance of being as wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove, as Jesus said in Matthew 10, 16, where I'm, I'm gracious and forgiving and loving toward other people, but I'm careful like a, a serpent. I don't allow people to just step on me and walk on me, and, and that involves essentially loving your neighbor as yourself. Don, as you look at the difference between priorities and urgency. Describe the difference and how do we overcome this constant pressure? Yeah, I think one of the great ways to look at this is through the lens of Scripture, Jim. And in Luke 10, Martha was having Jesus and the 12 disciples over for dinner. And uh, it says she was literally tied up in knots because she had so many urgent things that needed to be done. And Mary, her sister, you recall what she had done. She sat down at Jesus' feet and was listening to him. And Martha came in and basically gave Jesus a piece of her mind she really couldn't spare. <laughs> she said, Lord, do you tell my sister to get in here and help me. You remember what uh, Jesus said to Martha on in that instance? I certainly do. Mary is focusing on the more important things. Yes. She had 
picked out the priority, the priority of listening to Jesus. And he said it was good, he said it was lasting, and he said it was productive. And the reality is when we look at our lives, and sometimes, Jim, I recommend that people make a to-don't list. You know, we're all big on making to-do lists, and, and we can write down 15, 20, 30 things to do every day. But sometimes we need to go through and make a list of what are things I can hand off to others. What are things that I may not need to do at all? Or what are things that I can do next week or next month? And the bottom line is, uh, then I need to look at it and say, what is of most importance? What will glorify God? What will seek first his kingdom and righteousness? And what will be of encouragement and help to people? What will enable me to do the most quality job and the most ethical job that I can in my work? And then how can I balance my work and my family? Those, to me, are the key things that move us in the direction of priority and away from just the urgencies of life. Don Hawkins, thank you so much for being on iWorkroom. This has gone way too fast. When I got copies of that other book about perseverance, can I read that and can we have another interview? Would that be okay? Absolutely. I'll uh, send you three copies. You keep one and, and I'll be delighted to do an interview with you, Jim. Just right. let me know when. Thank you, Don, for being on today. Great to be with you. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, fast moving, understanding more about stress, but the, the big key here is to, to start praying for your coworkers and employees in your workplace. You heard Don say it, prayer really changes things. What did you learn today about stress and how you manage stress and how we can help take this city for Christ? Because we gotta manage our stress if we're gonna take the city. You know, there's a fire in my soul for the city of Tampa Bay. I know it's more than one city, but for this this whole compilation of nine counties, there's so many people out there that need to hear the truth about Jesus Christ, but we're so stinking busy, we don't have time for people around us. Slow down and recognize that God has put people in your life for you to touch. Stop. Smell the roses. Greet your neighbors. Greet your coworkers. Let them know that they're important and share how Jesus Christ has made an impact in your life. But don't do it by pounding over the head with the Bible. Do it by praying for them. Do it by ministering to their needs. Let them know how much you love them and you love them because of how much your heavenly father loves them. It's We've got to stop the stupidness. We've got to stop the stress and recognize that God created us to make an impact and we're never going to make that impact if we're so stressed out. You've been listening to the I Work For Him radio program right here with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower, and I own my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.